Praise the Lord. It's really, really good to see you tonight. Oh, not tonight, this morning. <laughs> Why? Because tomorrow is a holiday, public holiday, and you are here in the house of the Lord. You know, there are many people who are traveling, but you who are here, you are faithful in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ask your neighbor, what's your plan tomorrow? Can include me or not? Ask your friend. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Amen. Let me quickly share with you the word of the Lord to encourage you and uh, to continue to just feed you spiritually and direct your ways even unto the Lord. The word of the Lord is truth. Amen. The word of the Lord is light unto our feet, lamp unto our path. Amen. And the word of the Lord shall nourish our soul and make us strong in the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are on the Trusting God series. And uh, we have uh, uh, so far had only four sessions uh, uh, in this series. We talk about trusting God. It all depends on who you depend on. And trusting God's guidance, what to do when you are not certain what to do. And we also talk about trust God and do something. And we also talk about trust God and let not your heart be troubled or trust God and don't worry. That's what we shared on even the last session. This morning, I'd like to share on trusting God again. And I'd like to entitle my message as trusting God when you don't understand. Trusting God when you don't understand. How many of you understand everything in life? All right, so this message is for you. I see a lot of uh, shaking of the head. Trusting God when you don't understand. Sometimes when you talk about trusting God, you say, ah, trust God, lah, trust God, you know. It seems so simple. But we know that trusting God sometimes is not as simple as it sounds. And some of us really, really struggle with trusting God. And one of the reasons why we struggle in the area of trusting God is because we try to understand everything that God is doing. And that's why we, we hit a wall. And after that, we find it so difficult. Oh, don't, don't, don't talk to me about trusting God. I have faith in Him, that's enough. But it's not enough. And so I would like to address some of the things that we struggle with in the area of trusting God that is in the area of our, of our understanding. And we have to trust God even when you don't understand. Can you trust God? Or can you trust what you don't understand? Reflect upon that question. Can you trust what you don't understand? In fact, actually we do. We don't understand a lot of things. We don't understand how a car works, but we jump into the car and we just drive on. We don't understand and yet we trust that the car will do what it's supposed to do and will take us where it's supposed to take us. And in a, in, in a lot of areas, in a lot of areas in our life, actually we don't understand a lot of things and yet we do trust. The bigger issue is how can I trust God when many times I just don't understand what He's doing? And that's our difficulty, isn't it? 
How can I trust God when I just don't understand what He's doing? I don't understand a lot of things. Life is plagued with the question, why? Why? There seems to be a disparity in life. Why is it that some are born so beautiful and others are born deformed? Why is it that some wicked people seem to flourish and have everything in life and there are those good, honest people who constantly suffer lack in their life? Why is it that there are orphans who are crying out for the love of the parents? And there are childless couples who have been praying for a child and they can't have one. Why is it that some people commit suicide and yet they live, they cannot die? And there are others who want to really live and yet they die. Why is it that some people prayed and God healed them instantly? And there are people who have been praying and praying and praying and yet they are still sick. I don't understand. And these are the issues that trouble us many times. And we are asked to trust God in all of these. Those of you who work with children or parents, you know that many times even when you try to explain a simple concept to your child, your child will ask a question, why? So you use different words to explain, you lower your voice, you change your tone, and you explain, and at the end of it, the child still asks the question, why? They keep on asking the question, why, why, why? And many times we approach God in the same manner. Why God? Why? 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 And God explains to us already in His own way. But like that little child, we still ask, Why Lord? I don't understand what is happening in my life, in the world. How can I trust God when many times I just don't understand what He's doing? This is a real issue which the Bible addresses many times. Because God knows how we are wired. Somebody says, to be happy with a man, you must understand him a lot and love him a little. But to be happy with a woman, you must love her a lot and not try to understand her at all. True or not? True or not? <laughs> there is something of a mystic with women. Which is hard or perhaps even impossible to understand. And yet, that is what keeps a man on his toes and keeps him from being bored to death. 
And likewise also, I suppose, women don't understand men. So what do we do? We try to fix up one another. We try to change one another. Perhaps the best way to do is don't try to understand everything. Just love one another. Hey, it's very quiet here. Do I hear an amen or not? Just love one another, all right? Now, love may not solve everything. There are still issues, I know. But even in the area of human relationship, we struggle with the area of understanding. And that is found also in our relationship with God. I'd like to bring two instances in the Bible where the issue of trusting God, even though we do not understand Him, is in the forefront. The first one is Job. When you don't understand God at all, from Job chapter 38 verse 1 to chapter 42 verse 17. Now, of course, the book of Job talks about the problem of suffering. We know that. Job had everything in life. He had wealth. He got a great family. He got riches. He got reputation. He had everything in life. And then suddenly, wham, something happened one day and he lost everything. He lost his children, he lost his riches, and he lost his health. Now, these three things are the most important thing to us, isn't it? Our family and wealth and health, this is what is important to many of us. And yet, in just one day, he lost everything. At least he still had his friends, he thought. So the friends came and visited him. And after that, he discovered these are lousy friends. He doesn't need such friends at all. So he had nothing. And in those moments, he reached out. All right, he, he disputed, he argued with all his friends. And finally, he says, I will bring my case before God. The friends accused him that he had sinned against God. That's why suffering came into his life. That's why he lost everything. He said, no, I'm a righteous man. What has happened is because God has brought it upon me. So therefore, I will bring my case before God. He dared to challenge God. The moment those kind of words came out, he regretted it. He regretted his arrogant words and God confronted him. You see, Job was a man who came to the understanding that he didn't understand God. For 38 chapters, he and his friends argue with one another, trying to understand God and how He works. And finally, Job has to admit, I don't understand God at all. For four chapters, chapter 38 to chapter 41, God asked Job about 43 questions, and he couldn't answer a single one. He thought that he had God figured out. But just, God just asked him 43 questions. Questions like, where were you when I created the world? 
Job couldn't answer. Question like, who holds the world together? Who sets the boundaries on the waves and the sea that thus far you come and no more? Questions like, who set the stars in the sky? Unnumbered. And Job was confounded. And he, had not, he doesn't even have a single answer to God's questions. Until finally he answered in Job chapter 42, verse 2 to 3, Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. God, I don't understand. But he came to the confession also. At the end of it all, you know, in the midst of all his search and struggle, even though he does not understand, in Job chapter 13, verse 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. This is a great confession of faith. Job does not understand God at all. Will God really slay him? Is this the kind of God that he's serving? But even if he does that, I will still trust in him. You see, what God wants from us is our trust. God has never demanded that we understand him. Look into the scriptures. Yes, we press, him to, we press in to know God. But God has never, even once, demanded that we understand Him. But over and over again in the Scriptures, He demanded, He asked, that we just trust Him. And Job learned that lesson. Lord, I don't understand. I speak things I don't understand. I'm sorry. But I trust in you. And there are things in our life that happen that we do not understand at all. And we, now we are talking just about God. About God. We don't understand a lot of things about God. We don't understand how He works. We don't understand, like Job, you know, I pray, I pray, I pray, and God, you don't seem to answer. Lord, why must the righteous suffer? Why must I go through all of these things? Why are you allowing these things to happen? I don't understand. Oh God, but I will still trust in you. In fact, we need a God that we can't understand. If I can understand God, I'm like God already, isn't it? To understand God is to make Him my equal. So the very fact that I don't understand Him shows that He is higher than me. And that is good. I, need a, I, I do not need a God that I can understand that will make Him my equal. And to understand God is to make Him too small. To understand God is to limit Him. That's why God does not demand that we understand Him. All He asks us is to trust Him. 
trust in me. At the conclusion of it all, God is telling Job, Job, I don't have, I don't need you to explain me to the world. I don't need you to defend me at all. All I need you to do, Job, is just trust me. Trust me. He is the God who is. He is a God who is sovereign, loving, and wise. The God who is. God is sovereign, and His sovereignty extends to the minutest details of His universe. To be sovereign means He, he knows everything. He can do what He likes, what He wishes. He is not answerable to you. Many times we bring God all the question, why this, why that? As if God is accountable to us. As if God must answer us. Hey, God is not obligated to answer all the many questions that we bring to Him. He is sovereign. Matthew 10, 29 to 30, Luke 12, 6 to 7. His sovereignty extends even to the sparrows in the air. And God says, not one sparrow falls to the ground without the Father's knowledge. Wow! And Luke chapter 12, verse 6 to 7, God does not forget the sparrows. And Jesus says, you are worth more than a sparrow. Amen? You are worth more than a sparrow. His sovereignty extends over every details of our life. I don't understand God, but He understands me. And that's more important, isn't it? He understands me. And because God is sovereign, loving, and wise, we must trust God. Even when life hurts, God in His love always wills what is best for us. In His wisdom, He knows what is best. And in His sovereignty, He has the power to bring it about. That's why, even though I don't understand Him, I trust in Him. Joyce Meyer says, take a firm grasp on God's sovereignty. And trust His love even when you don't understand His purpose. Job doesn't understand why God has to allow him to go through all of that. But we have to trust the love and the sovereignty of God. There are many times that you go through life, hurts, pains, situations that threaten to crush you. You don't understand at all. What do you do? Forsake God? Question God? Get angry at God? God says, trust in me. Even when you don't understand, trust in the Lord. The reason God makes trust a priority for Christians is because it relates directly to His character. It is the very character of God that is uh, at stake here. Trust means to be confident, to, you know, to rely on. And the object of our trust is important. You will not trust to go over a bridge that is just made of bamboo and a few strings strung together. 
You wouldn't drive your car over that bridge because you don't trust that bridge. But the character of God, He is here. He is sovereign, He is wise, He is loving. And that's why we can trust the Lord, our God, no matter what happens. Somebody say, Amen. It is His character. It is who He is. We don't understand fully who He is, His character, but we have already tasted of it. We have already known Him to a certain degree. Remember who God is and what He can do. We may not know everything about God, but here's what we know. We know He's a good God. We know that He loves us. He's everywhere. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And that is good enough for me. Is that good enough for you? Is that good enough for you? Amen. Hallelujah. As Bobby Mason, I think this is a song. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. When you don't understand, when you can't see His hand, when you can't trace His plan, trust His heart. Trust His heart. And the heart of God is for you. The heart of God is for His people. So I don't understand. There is something mysterious and unknown about God. I don't understand and I don't need any explanation. But I trust. Because God is greater, more powerful, more mysterious, and even more loving than I could ever imagine or explain or tell it to you all. I trust. I don't always understand God, but I trust Him. I don't always understand, but I will always trust, and I will always love Him. Somebody say amen. So that's the experience that Job went through. There could be a lesson to each and every one of us who struggle in the issue of trust and understanding. That is understanding God. But there's another man in the Bible, a very gentle, loving, concerned, sensitive man by the name of Habakkuk. He also wrestled with the issue of trust. When you don't understand, not just God, but what God is doing. God, what are you doing? And many times we don't understand the ways of God, the timing of God. And that's what Habakkuk wrestled with. Whereas many prophets speak to the people for God, Habakkuk is one prophet who spoke to God for the people. He cried out in Habakkuk 1-2, How long, O Jehovah, must I cry for help and you do not hear? He asked two questions. 
Why? And when? Why? And how long, Lord? When? When? When are you going to act? Because Abaco couldn't understand the workings of God. To understand what is happening here. It was around the 5th century BC. And Judah has fallen into sin. They have departed from God. There was violence. There was sin. There was corruption. There was decay. And the people of God had become worse than the heathens. How can that happen? So Habakkuk cried and interceded before God, Lord, why? Why do you allow these kind of things to happen? Your people, you know, have totally gone you know, astray and they are being destroyed by their own sin and, and weakness. God, do something. God, act. There is murder, there is war, there is killing everywhere. People don't bother about one another anymore. God, do something. When? When are you going to do it, Lord? You see, when we don't understand what God is doing, we begin to question what He is doing. And Christians, we struggle with that too, isn't it? In our nation, Lord, why? When, Lord, when? When you go through certain things in life, we also ask the same question. Lord, I have been serving you. Why must this thing happen? And we cry out to God for our family. We cry out to God for our marriage. We cry out to God even for our work. And God is silent. We don't understand His silence or His inactivity. Can we still trust God? There is no answer to the question, where are you, God? Are you still here? So Habakkuk was very, very human. He complains against God. God, why, why won't you fix this? God, why are you so unfair? Where are you, God? We ask these kind of questions at some stage in our life. Sooner or later, we cry out to God with these kind of complaints. And guess what? God can take it. God can take it. You can complain anything against God, just like Job and Habakkuk. He listens. But make sure he's focused. But you better be prepared also when he answers. Because his answers will be shocking. He will give you an answer. So Habakkuk complained against God on all of this. God, are you still here? But the others, even the wisest man on earth, 
Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 8.17, I realized that no one can discover everything God is doing under the sun. We try to figure out, God, what are you doing under the sun? He already gave up. No one can discover everything God is doing under the sun. Not even the wisest people discover everything, no matter what they claim. Oh, straight. God's understanding, no one can fathom at all, Isaiah says it. But let's see how God, try, let's try to understand how God works here. We may not fully grasp it, but at least we have an idea. You see, God's ways are not our ways. <clears throat> so, Habakkuk complained, God, why are you not doing anything in the land? Your people have been destroyed. And you know what? You read. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. God says, hey, listen. Listen. I'm going to do something. I'm doing something in the land which you will not even believe. You may not see the workings of God. But God says, I am working. Something which you will not even believe. And what is that something which Habakkuk will find so unbelievable? When Habakkuk complained that God is doing nothing, God says, I am doing something and I am going to chastise my people. I am sending the Chaldeans. I am sending the, the Babylonians. And who are they? The pictures that, that God gave of the Chaldeans and the Babylonians uh, in the form of an analogy of animals. <coughs> animals like the leopards, the wolves, and the eagles. They are coming in, sweeping into the land like the wolves, the leopards, and the eagles that are vicious, that are cruel. And that's why, you know, Habakkuk was even more surprised. God, how can you use a more wicked people to chastise and discipline a wicked people? He couldn't understand the workings of God. You see, God says, my ways, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We don't understand how God works in that area. And in many times in the nations as well, how He works, we don't really understand. But God says, I am working. Hallelujah. God is still at work, but He works differently than you and I. He orchestrates things according to His wisdom, according to His eternal purpose. God thinks differently than I do. God thinks bigger than I do. And God thinks better than you and I do. So when you don't understand how God is doing, working, remember God's ways are not our ways. It is higher, it is better. So in your life, when you don't understand and when God seems to be doing nothing, remember, God is doing something and His ways are better. Sometimes even when you go through pain and suffering, you don't understand, God, are you there? God says, I'm working even through your suffering and pain. 
My ways are higher. I will accomplish my purpose in your life. All you need to do is trust Him. Trust Him. And secondly, God works according to His divine plan and His divine timetable, not ours. In due time, God sent the Chaldeans and the Babylonians. In due time, God chastised the Babylonians and the, baby, uh, and, the, and, the, and the Chaldeans, His instruments even. It's all according to His divine plan and timetable. So brothers and sisters, when we say, God, I don't understand what you are doing. Or are you doing anything in my situation, in our country? Lord, are you doing anything in this world at all? Jesus says and tells us that God is working. John 5, 17, my father is still working and I'm working also. God is working. He is active in his world. But God works in mysterious ways. He works in mysterious ways and he still does work in mysterious ways which many times we may not fully comprehend at all. And then Habakkuk came out, just like Job, who says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. The final answer of Habakkuk is, The just shall live by faith. He came to that point, and that should be the starting point, my brothers and sisters. The just shall live by faith. Repeated by Paul in Romans 1.17, in Galatians and the writer in the book of Hebrews. You see, faith is trusting God even when you don't understand how He works, even when you don't understand His plan for your life. Faith is trusting God when you have unanswered questions. It's not to say that you cannot question. We can question. But sometimes, just like Job, after four chapters of God's answer, he still does not answer the question of Job. Why am I suffering? That to God is a muted question. See the bigger picture of how God is working and of who He is. It is not, the question is not, do I understand? But rather, can I live by faith even when I don't understand God and His ways? C.H. Person says, to trust God in the light is nothing. But trust Him in the dark, that is faith. And brothers and sisters, many times you walk in the darkness. But we know that He holds our hands. And He is leading, He is guiding, even in the dark. Faith believes that God is too wise to make a mistake. God is too wise to make a mistake. We may not understand all His workings, but just like the pre no, no. In, in, in a prison cell, in a concentration camp, a prisoner had written there, even when I do not 
see the sun, I know it is shining. Even when I do not see it shown to me, I know there is love. And even when God is silent, I know He still speaks. God is too wise to make a mistake and God is too kind to be cruel. As Josh Buttery says, God may be subtle, but He is never malicious. God is never ever malicious at all. He is wise and to us sometimes He's so subtle. He does things this way, that way. We don't understand but He is never malicious. He is never cruel to His children at all. Faith believes that God always knows best and does best in His time that He is in control and therefore we can rest easy. Faith believes that when we cannot trace the hand of God, we must trust the heart of God. So faith is trusting in God, even when it doesn't make sense, even when we don't understand. Have faith. Trust. Even if you don't understand, God is still working in your life, and He has a plan for your life. John chapter 13, verse 17, Jesus said, after washing the feet of the disciples, you do not understand, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. And I think that goes for Many of us here, we don't understand now what God is doing in our life. But when God has taken us through that dungeon, through that tunnel, we begin to understand, oh, so God, this is what you are doing in my life and I thank you and I praise you. When you are going through it, it may seem so tough, it may seem so pointless, but now I understand. You see, the disciples constantly wrestle with the issue of understanding God and His ways. They do not understand it when the Son of God, when the Son of Man was crucified on the cross. And they thought they had lost everything. They do not even understand it when, the, when they face the empty tomb. God, what has happened? And Jesus had to stay with them for 40 days to explain to them the things of God. And finally, perhaps finally, they did understand. And when they went out and preached the gospel, they preached with conviction and a willingness to lay down their lives. Because finally they understood or had understanding. So many times right now, perhaps you are going through things in your life and God is saying, you do not understand what I'm doing wrong in your life but you will understand later. So don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. God has a reason for allowing things to happen. happen. We may never understand His wisdom, but we simply have to trust His will. 
Romans 8, 28, the Lord is working in our lives and makes everything work for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. What is the promise of this verse? That only good things will happen to you? No. That you will understand everything that happens? No. Does this verse say that God is the source of evil? No. But what he's saying is that God is in control. And God will make everything work out for good to fulfill that destiny in your life. To those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Do you love Him? Do you love Him? Amen. Are you called according to His purpose? If yes, then He says, I will make all things work together for good. You may not understand everything, but don't worry. God will make everything turn out well. So you don't have to understand what God is doing. You just have to trust Him. Trust Him. Finally, let me get, just list down six things to do. When you don't understand God, when you don't understand what He's doing, when you don't understand His timing, what do you do? First of all, quickly, just first of all, examine your life. You have to examine your life. Are we being arrogant? Are we proud? You know, like Job, he was arrogant, all right? Or are we, are we just, uh, 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 are there unconfessed sins in our life? Are there, are there things in our life that is blocking us and preventing us from hearing God, from walking close with Him? Deal with all those issues. Surrender. Confess it before the Lord. And don't let's lose confidence and faith in God. No matter what happens, don't lose that confidence and faith in God because the just shall live by faith. And you can always trust His unfailing love. He loves each and every one of us. He's kind, He's good to every one of us whom He loves. And rejoice in His redemption. He has saved us. He has washed us by the blood of Jesus Christ and we belong to Him. We are His. Rejoice in the redemption. The Father will take care even of His children and cling on to God's Word. God's Word is still our source of, of everything. When you don't understand, read the Word of the Lord. Confess the Word of the Lord. Job and Habakkuk confessed the word of the Lord. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. How powerful a confession that is. Sometimes you have to verbalize it even. Whatever promises the, the Lord give to you, confess it. And be patient. Be patient. Wait upon the Lord. Oh my soul, and wait upon him. God will bring it to pass. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So Habakkuk says, I will look to see what he will say to me. Continue to wait upon the Lord. Or as the modern version says, hang out with God. The more you hang out with God, the more He will show you, the more He will reveal to you, and the more you begin to understand Him also, and the easier it is to trust in Him. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, 
you are my God. Trust God, even when you don't understand. Let's pray.